Yo, 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 welcome to Crate 808. And today we have a very special guest on board. He comes comparing notes and sharing tokes, exchanging oaths against glaring folks. One of his more daring cloaks, he comes bearing jokes. So dated and rehearsed and fashionably late, he funks that rotten milk that's past the expiration date. And at the same time, on top of it, he'll make your granny's cow lactate. Play, playing basketball with his family he drinks out of a cup called Stanley and he doesn't give a puck all day onomatopoeia onomatopoeia bends away he throws a sonic boom to those that say he sounds like MF Doom MFDs with his NFTs whilst you scrape your knees like jet skis pet peeves Yes, it is my honour to introduce one of my favourite artists out there right now. In the hot seat, we have got jazz multi-instrumentalist, producer, songwriter, rapper, Laurent Thomas, a.k.a. Pan Amsterdam, is in the house. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Kim? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad. After talking about you for all of 2022... We start 2023 with a chat with you. This is brilliant. This is what I needed. I appreciate it, man. You you actually recite my uh, lyrics live better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say that. Please don't say that. <laughs> yours, yours are prime for my intros because there's so many juicy cuts. Just like, what did you just... Very reminds me of when I first heard Cool Keith kind of situation where you're like, what is he saying? My girl dressed like a girl. Cowboy hats, boots, and Spanish I see on both sides like Chappelle. See on both sides like Chappelle. The Daily Planet writes me up well. And Clark Kent slipped and fell. I be the new son of Jarrell. Clean your nose with my new lapel. Flying twice as high with no butterflies in the sky. OD'd in an alibi. Rainbows can't read and LeVar can't see. Sue me, I'm a truckie. So dated and rehearsed and fashionably late. I'll fuck like rotten milk and pass the expiration date. It'll make your granny's cow lactate, thus old rugs levitate. You'll wonder why I got apple pie, prune juice, and carrot cakes. Silly rabbit, tricks off for kids, and I only watch R-rated videos. So, yeah, no, I, I, this is just my... Me reflecting the love you've shown us, man, back to you. So uh, uh, we're going to talk about your career, uh, the album Eats from last year as well, which was one of my favourite. Please go check that episode out. We do review the album uh, and just general stuff. But as it's your first time on the pod, man, I have to ask you what I ask everyone, which is um, what is the least hip-hop thing you've done in the last 24 hours, mate? The least hip-hop thing I've done in the last 24 hours. Mm. Oh, let's see here. Uh, I took a walk by the river. Mm. <laughs> I yeah. Can't <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I took a walk by the river today. I was just I decided to look at the birds. There was this dead bird on the ground too, and it looked in perfect shape. I don't know what happened to it. I was like, did it eat rat poison? I don't know what happened with Shit. that bird. Damn. Yeah, but perfect shape, but it was dead. It was just on the ground. I couldn't believe it. Damn, yeah. that's crazy. That is uh, yeah. so so far we've talked about crackheads and dead birds. You're definitely in yeah. New York. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we're talking with someone in New York. Uh this that's great, taking a walk. I can't imagine well, actually, I actually can't imagine Cool Keith taking a walk and looking at dead birds. But yeah, that's 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 neither here or there. Uh, it's, it's interesting you brought up Cool Keith. I'm actually I love Cool Keith. I think after because you know, people liken me to Doom, but I you know, I hadn't really checked out Doom. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but it's true. I hadn't checked out Doom that much. I had a, mm. you know, I'm a jazz musician by trade. So I actually took to Cool Keith. 
when I, you know, as far as what I kind of likened the style to and everything. Uh, Think about it. If you was there standing looking at me, what would you do if I hit your face with dog doodle? Smear people flies on your forehead, spitting your salad, vomit on your brother's breakfast. Take your ass inside, burn your mother's house, bring pet mice and scare your sister with a gray mouse. Then drop your mother to bed, leave him there dead, take a your parakeet with scissors, clip his head. Then get the charcoal, what's up, burn your dog legs, walk by the barber shop and hit the glass with eggs. Then go in the club and dance, mix the alcohol, grape with roast spray, here's a drink, have a ball. Dance to the music, watch a party pooper, yeah, you know, I'm destructive. You know, when I was back in the day, I was working in the Neo Soul Circuit mm-hmm. under uh, the artist Bilal. After that, uh, I remember one time we were in a van and uh, <laughs> they were playing Cool Keith. And it seemed like he was just taking a dig at Neo Soul and everything, you know. And oh. uh, I was just listening to the way he slides in and out of references, really, like just so effortlessly. And mm. like, man, you know, if I was ever an MC, I would like to learn how to do that, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I kind of definitely get my stuff from. From yeah. that, because yeah. mm-hmm. thank you for explaining that. Because it just it did it did feel like that same energy when I first heard your music. I think first thing I heard was carrot cake. People, because Pan Amsterdam, I'm not sure how much it is on the radar of people. We do big it up on the show, but if you're tuning in for the first time, do go check this man's workout generally. But I remember carrot cake. And that was where I was like, what? This is, yeah. So that cool key thing, I don't know, just that same energy, the same response. You would kind of push them same buttons. But saying that, you'd completely, a singular artist, like very different to anything else on my rotation and although that DNA is there here and there you are very much an artist now re- that's what I really appreciate man I collect magnets alphabets and hello kitty gadgets pirates with one eye patches kung fu chefs with hatchets candies of the ratchet galore at the dollar store I put them on my fridge reminding me I don't have kids and off the grid Run a scam on me through my kid. I'll off my fam Sam way so say did and my lawyer be Kobayashi Teflon done, got nothing on me, so wasabi, too much, make eye watery, hung jury, one lottery, and clay pottery, with bonsai tree, hey, don't bother me, lest you're the press, you can follow me, no guns, you'll see, tucked in my vest as I play chess, rook to H8, okay, your pawn to D3, I see, my pawn to D7, a blessing, D2, who you, checkmate, so real, you'll be looking away. But I suppose that just leads into what I was going to ask you, basically, about, like, because you are a jazz musician and very heralded one as well. Like, you know, you've you've worked with so many big names. Um, for me, I was thinking, why hip-hop? So, you know, you have got, like, your jazz and your, you've worked with Iggy Pop, so you've got that realm, you've got all these musical realms. And I was wondering what it was about hip-hop that you wanted to express through that that you couldn't really find anywhere else including jazz if you know what i mean well i guess it would start with uh my dirty draws project i was uh when i was under leron thomas you know uh when i was under my real name you know i had the series called the dirty draw series and i had volume one two and three of that that i've done mm. and on two of them i know i was i was rapping it wasn't good it was horrible <laughs> yeah it was really horrible and, and and i think you just over the years when you listen back over that stuff you just want to get better at it. Mm. Uh, but the, as far as how I got into hip hop, as far as how Pan Am came about, well, that happened with Scott, that man, Monks. Uh, he was a 
the beat maker for Madison Washington. Mm. Uh, shout out to Malik Crumpler, by the way. Yeah, he was the rapper, the MC for that. Right, right. And, um, you know, I, I was listening to what they were doing. And uh, I know Giles Peterson at Big, you know, gave them a big up and everything. Mm. And, um, and so I, I was just, you know, I work with Malik on my Laron stuff. So I was like, man, when did you start doing this uh, rap duo? But, you know, Malik had already, he'd already been in the game for hip hop for a very long time. Mm. And so, um, you know, I just went to his beat maker and I realized he did house beats or whatever. And at that time I was doing disco songs and stuff in France. Mm. And so, um, man, he gave me this uh, beat and I was like, yo, I can't sing over this beat. And the beat sounded mad 90s. You know, right, right. I was just like, well, what do you want me to do over this? You know? Yeah. So, you know, I'm walking down the street and, uh, you know, I'm listening to the beat, trying to find something to sing over it. And then I just started acting silly. I was just like, you know, I walk with the rats till I sleep with the who said that. Give me a Kit Kat kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you know, man, you know I, just <laughs> like, I was like, oh. yeah, I was like. Just keep writing a little more, just freestyling your head and just keep mm. putting it in your phone, you know? Mm. And, and then next thing you know, Plus One came about. Mm. So that's how I started to get off into Pan Amsterdam. And uh, and then uh, Matt Moat at Def Press A, which mm. was the uh, the label guy for also Madison Washington. Mm. You know, that's their label too. He decided to take me on and then the rest is what you what you know yo 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 just breaking up this episode to tell you all about the crate 808 patreon a place where you can help support the show so we can make you more dope rap chat and to go out there and get some bonus episodes under your belt and also get involved with the live chats with the crate 808 crew and guests go to crate808.com or go to patreon.com slash crate 808 sign up for as little as buying us lunch every month you can get two bonus episodes including hidden gem album reviews from the golden era of the 90s and also you get our series focusing on mf doom and jay dilla and also the wu-tang chronicles once a month we drop an album review of every single wu-tang member we're going to go through every solo album and then review it for you guys and right now it's ghostface go in there get them ghostface killer editions in your catalog so get involved help us grow this show and yes big yourselves up enjoy the rest of the episode boom carrot cake actually it's funny man the the producer for that is a french guy named guts Mm -hmm. yeah and i was working with him and i had a hit song in france just a singer songwriter thing called man funk making fun of how you know i thought french you know european smell like (laughs) (laughs) you know it's american keep a real white and we're we're really perfumed up you know yeah yeah so I was just, thinking, I was like, you know, oh man, let me, you know, do a backhanded statement on that, you know, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and then later on with Pan Am, I heard, you know, Tanya Morgan, mm. uh, Von Pete and Will, I was touring with them with Guts, right, right, and I listened to them nightly, you know, mm. I just nightly I would listen to them, and um, I would listen and listen and listen, and I would hear them rap over "Come Closer," which is the beat that Carrot Cake is, yes, right from. And man, they were killing it. So I thought I'd try to do it first, you know, and uh, to mm. myself, fun. And uh, I ended up writing down this verse and I said, no, nah, this is serious, you know. And so that's how Carrot Cake came about. But as far as being in the hip hop game, 
as a trumpet player, I played under a lot of cats. I played under like Black Moon, Smith and Wesson. Mm. I played um, Jadakiss. Uh, I was uh, did a couple things with Most Deaf. Mm. Um, I did some stuff with uh, a lot of people, man. Uh, Faith Evans, Damn. you know. Uh, yeah, it's 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 endless, man. I mean, Kanye. I was just playing under him for a minute with Eighty Eight Keys. Right. I'm on. Yeah, you know the the track "Stay Up" Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> That's me on trumpet. There we yeah. go. There we go. This is what I'm yeah. saying. You've got experience in the game. I mean, like you've been around, and uh, this is why. Well, answer me this: like Laron Thomas, Pan Amsterdam. What's the difference? Because I was like, this Pan Amsterdam sounds incredible. Who's this guy? So yeah, tell tell me what you think the difference is for you. I mean, for me, it's uh, you know, it's it's Pan Am is more hip hop focused, Mm-mm. whereas Laron Thomas is just. Uh, a jazz musician that that ended up doing a continual unraveling uh kind of a I kind of a nervous breakdown if you will of the jazz scene you know yeah yeah it's kind of found safe haven in in other in other music you know uh, I got tired of uh, certain things that were asked of me to to be like in the scene as far as just politics and whatnot mm. and it was affecting my playing and it was affect it was also affecting my progress on the horn you know oh, right interesting uh, I mean, largely that's my fault, I think. You know, I mean, you shouldn't let things get to you that much, you know, but I was sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> we all can be. We all can be. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know. So that's what happened there. And then, uh, and, and so with the with the Dirty Draws, I ended up doing everything from country music to you name it. Whereas mm. the, the, the discipline I learned about Pan Amsterdam was that it's equivalent to jazz in the sense that jazz at one period mm. started to uh, become kind of a, a different type of social music, kind of a counterculture. Right, right. Uh, and so when you, but you would hear it in the, in the, in the actual music where these musicians who had different harmonic propositions mm. would impose them over standards. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would take something like I got rhythm. Uh, that jazz musicians know as rhythm changes and they would superimpose their harmonic propositions over that, Mm. you know? So I started learning in hip hop. What I saw was, is that the music had enough periods to it where, you know, that you could take a period Mm. that you feel that, you know, works for you. For me, it was more, you know, that what was given to me was like some 90s stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and you can actually flip your, lyrical and cadence and 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 idealistical uh propositions over that wow. much like a jazz musician with like coltrane would play let's say over uh you know uh tune up or something you know which i guess later on became lighthouse or something like that sound light or something mm-hmm. you know, mm, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. i forget what say you know I, i've been out of the no that was countdown it was uh. a countdown i remember man <laughs> it's so good now. yeah yeah but uh yeah, I mean, I know, but I, I just don't feel like thinking about it right now. That, that's <laughs> absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, um, no, I mean, he, you know, but he he imposed all of his harmonic propositions over these standards. So you can do that now with, let's say, a '90s vehicle of hip hop. Mm. 
Yeah. You know? I love that. And uh, yeah, that's what, so that's, that's what I understood of it all. Yeah. yeah. I feel you. Pandemic baby boomers, future fruit of the loomers, Pan Am starting rumors, brain tumors, reikied out by Dom Mu, the fudge monks kung fu, come at us with your little five animal systems you must like playing the victim get them flatteries away from me or i'll go full battery you see i'm like a i'm like a door cell inside a thought you can't stop my copper top asian girl jumping the pillow and got caught doing cosplay with chucky and willow just a thought out of the way heck val kill more val more son what the heck and this sonic boom to the ones of y'all that say that I sound like MF Doom. MFDs with my NFTs, you scrape knees from jet skis, head peeves. Uh, so when we go back then, like uh, when you first started, what made you go from, you know, that we all love artists, watching artists and learning, watching, listening to them. What made you go from the sidelines to actually participate in there? Was it a childhood thing? Was it because of your parents or how did that all come about? Like from the sideline to going and actually participate? Uh, you mean as a hip hop or just as a, as a, mu- as an as artist a musician? Yeah. As a musician. Yeah. Well, I guess what happened was, is I started playing trumpet when I was like 12, the mm. cornet. Mm. And, uh, you know, I got into a place where I was entering a lot of different awards. So I'm from Houston originally. Mm-hmm. So um, they had this thing called the Sammy Davis Jr. Awards. Right. And so um, so what you know now is Destiny's Child, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I was I was in the competitions with them. Also, Robert Glasper. I was in the competitions. Wow. You know, like, we didn't actually compete. I think I won. He got Talent of the Year the next year. Right. I actually went to instrumentalist the year prior. Right. You know? Okay. Yeah, okay. So and we all went to this uh performing visual arts high school, this mm-hmm. magnet school. And so uh there was a lot of competition in that school. It was pretty much set up where you didn't get girl uh, you know, you didn't get girls, you didn't get a girlfriend unless you could play changes. You know? <laughs> really? It was really interesting the way it was set up. Yeah, I, you know hierarchy you know yeah yeah that's bad yeah so it made for some really good musicians and a lot of us went ended up going to new york we went to the i know i went to the new school mm-hmm. and so uh you know and uh of course beyonce went on and was already famous like in her teens mm. so uh, but um yeah i mean i just i don't know i just got to the point where i said look this is the thing that i feel i can express myself and as Bowie puts it, coexist in in, in society, you know. Mm, mm. Uh, you know, I didn't, I, you know, because you gotta be you're a little twisted, a little, you know, if you're really good at what you do in this in this art and yeah. art in general. Yeah, you got, you know, you've got something going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. this is therapeutic, you know. What I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's. Uh, that's how it worked for me, at least. That's how everything came together. Right, yeah. I see. And do you remember that first time when you realized you were good at it? You were like, oh, actually, I'm actually, you got some validation of like, oh, damn, I'm actually quite good at this. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I remember, you know, first of all, I was, I was rapping in, in uh, junior high. Right, right. You know, I was a rapper. First MC but name? Did you have an MC name at that time? No, no, I didn't actually. They no? were just calling me. They were just calling me LeBron. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then when I picked up the cornet, I started playing to whatever, to make a beat, like a loop, Mm. while other people freestyle. 
you know? That's it. And I remember doing that in the risers, doing like, you know, basketball games and stuff. You know, we'd be in the corner in the risers having a cypher, basically. And I'm the one laying down the horn hook, you know? That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, I remember all of that. And that was before I went to the magnet school. You know, when I went to the magnet school, I got more serious. I think early on, I realized this is what I should be doing, you know? Mm. And what were your... Very what was your, was there a conversation with the family about, you know, because coming from my house, I don't know, it's very hard artistically to, with immigrant parents to be like, I don't really want to do, you know, academic stuff. I want to do something creative. It was quite a hard conversation to have. Did you have a conversation like that before you ventured off? Yeah, I mean, not really. Um, what happened was I was in varsity football when I was in high school, my, my, my sophomore year, mm. I was in varsity. I was knocking big motherfuckers over, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if you can cuss, I'm sorry. Right? No, absolutely, please do. But no, I was knocking some big dudes over and stuff like that, and uh, mm. I was pretty good at it, but I understood um, a lot of things. I understood the doctor bills that you got to deal with and stuff, and I was a lineman, you know? Mm. And so I was just thinking about Seau and those cats, you know, and and how how they you know got out the game a little screwed up and things like that for sure all that stuff was in my mind you know mm. and uh, I had cousins that were really good at sports as well and I was just kind of watching how some of them should have made pro you know what I mean mm. and that didn't quite happen for them you know mm. and so I just thought it was a lot for, a lot on the line for me so I just and there was politics going on with my uh, coaches you know my coaches were some you know thoroughbred rednecks you know they're like you know Thomas. You know, you missed that. You missed that block one more time. That's when I'm gonna get mad and start talking about your ancestors. You know, they'd say stuff like that. You know? Holy like they see a guy that was clearly Hindu and playing football, be they come up to him like Donald Thomas. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was just you know, it was just out of control. I, I just didn't know if I wanted to be around that anymore. For you know? sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I love, you know, that was that's, it was my high my zone high school called Langham Creek. Shout out to Langham Creek. Sorry. No, boys. no, big up Langham Creek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but um, yeah, no. Nah, so I just I you know, I told my parents, well, uh, you know, I'd already won the Samuel Davis Jr. Awards or whatever, and I just understood that there was a lot of holes in my playing as far as playing the music, you know, playing jazz. And so I understood I was more of a gospel player mm. trying to play jazz. So I was playing in the church, you know also mm. and uh i could captivate an audience i knew how to do that at an early age wow. but i didn't know enough vocabulary and stuff like this so my parents they've always been supportive of uh anything that i wanted to try i, I was blessed with that i was blessed with some really cool parents when it came to that kind of stuff mm. and so um you know uh so that's what i did i went to hspva in my uh, junior year Mm. And I was very behind as far as my, you know, the peers, they were, they, you know, they knew all this stuff, mm. you know, and I didn't you know that much. And at the same time, I wanted the same respect that everybody else got. Yeah. Because you're, you know, you're a kid and stuff. And that stuff kind of carried over to me, you know, for me in college too. You mm. know, I, I got to the place where kind of had a little chip on my shoulder, you know, mm. and uh, I'm not mad at it in hindsight. I think what it does is, it forces you to 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 dig deeper in yourself and find out what it is that actually makes you you, mm, you know, mm. and um, concentrate on that. You know, don't just because you don't know, uh, you know, you, every equation there is 
to play over a two five one or a three six two five one cadence mm. doesn't mean that you're not a special person. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Figure out what that is. And uh, so I ended up figuring that out. Or I'm still, you know, you never arrive, but it's a constant quest. But I'm in that direction. I've been in that direction for years. So I love that. Yeah. It's such an energizing place to be, you know, when you're like in there. That sounds amazing. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I, I need to talk to you then about Eat because uh, 2020, yeah. like, that album I've rinsed absolutely. It's at the back there in the vinyl. Um, before I jump into E, I didn't even ask you. We talked about MC names. Why am why Pan Amsterdam? How did that land? Okay, so yeah, man. So I saw I saw that Malik had the group Madison Washington. Mm-hmm. So what I was thinking in my head was, you know, because I was in competition with him, you know, silently. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Malik, I was. You know, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, but uh, man, I, you know, I thought he was talking about New York because you have a Madison Avenue and a Washington Square, mm. you know. Mm. So I thought he was talking about New York. So there's a, you know, an avenue right next to Broadway called Amsterdam, you know, uh, and it's a little more shadier that, 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 you know, that block than Broadway is, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, Pan Amsterdam, you know, where later on I found out Madison Washington was actually a runaway slave. Mm. That it hijacking a ship and floating it, uh, or, or, or navigating it somehow over past the uh, slave states into the free states. No way. And, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Damn. I didn't know that either. Malik told me that, man. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, he knows he knows his history real well. He's a he's a great scholar. You know. Love yeah. that. That's amazing. Learned some absolutely brilliant there. That's quality. Well, okay, that's such a because as a European over here, it's like Amsterdam. Is this guy from New York? Where is this guy from? Where you know? Because I can hear the American. <laughs> like, what does this mean? So it's completely different connotations to me. But it's just a name yeah. that stood out. There's names that stand out and some that don't. And it's like Pan Amsterdam always just stood out to me. You can sniff that trail and chase your tail and be acting like don't nothing smell. You can stand real tall, act like the boss. Before I be a dog, I make you walk the dog. Or you can grab me, partner, and do see do Everybody do the cotton eye joke. In short, do you want to get it tonight? In short, do you want to get it? Because I updated all my stats. My breath smelling like Similac. I can tell by your friendly chat. You're up for the milky wax. These notes will ignite you. And my chest hair will entice you. But before the night is done, we'll have lots of fun. That bouncy way you strut. Or you sniffed me out the cut Oh, I can tell you want my stuff Cause my funk is real enough Sex Panther on the chase That scent you wanna taste Pheromones all over the place Got you hot, look at your face You know what you're wearing tonight And what it means, you know all the nasty things It's the bring peripherally hitting me with the mind game Subliminally letting me know that we can play Got good sense to know the Doja God You let me on the field and take the yard Take this money and buy you Gonna make this money and rob you But um, we talk about eat then I've talked about it for so much on this pod, but for you, how would you describe that record for someone else? And what it kind of, what does it kind of mean to you after it's been out for a while now? That was a serious body of work uh, out of anything that I've ever done artistically. Mm. Um, I had to come to terms with a lot of things about me as a person, mm. uh, you know, while I made that album. 
a lot of things were going on with me in my private life, you know, when I made that album. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, there was, I don't know what to think about that, except that was a great moment in time where it all came together. I think Matt Moat for that, actually, uh, the guy from Def Press A, he actually had the vision mm-hmm. to put Damu with me. Uh, that's why I don't want, you know, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to just jump off that label, you know what I mean? Or anything, you know, Yeah, yeah. because cause that guy, he, you know, he kind of, his, his musical vision, his passion for the music is, is, is serious, mm. you know? And, um, and I would have never thought to collaborate with, uh, with Damu. And then I, he gave me the beat for rigatoni, you know, oh, right, right. And it just fit like a glove, man, you know? Mm. fit like a glove you know yeah Mm. so i mean i just ended up just going you know just he would give me beat after beat and he was very very patient like he would wait till i got certain beats done he would want to listen to what i did you know and Mm. you know most people just throw you a batch of beats or whatever Mm. Damu like that damu actually makes a sword tailor-made for you you know to assassinate I'm saying, yeah, like the guy know. from Kill Will from Shogun Assassin, that guy, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He your makes you a Hanzo. yeah, he totally makes you a Hanzo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing because I love yeah, Damu, man. I love Damu. Uh, his project with Blue, I think it's about four, three, four years ago, is one of my favorite albums, like the last 10 years. He is just incredible. So to see someone I'd heard like yourself, then Damu, and I listen to Six Music here, so it was weird to hear you on six music because it's like wow Iggy Pop so people don't know Iggy Pop is out there repping for this man right here on six music and I was like this is fantastic like you know another reason to love Iggy Pop but also another reason to love six music I was like this is crazy um so when I heard you were with Damu, I was like, whoa, this guy I didn't know how he worked please tell me more on how he worked because I know you've said that you I've read something earlier where you said you like keeping contact very minimal when collaborating with other artists yeah. Um, please explain that. Please explain that for me and how it worked with Damu kind of thing. Because, well, because what happens is, you know, artists are are there's a lot of debris, especially if you're an intense artist. You know, like you're you're you're, you know, a real force. Yeah. Well, with comes a lot of debris. You know what I mean? There's a lot of debris around an artist, mm-hmm. and uh, they 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 could be going through something. You know, and uh, and all of that kind of thing. And if, when you're trying to work. Uh, it's best to see that stuff at a glance mm. or you'll get sucked in the vacuum of that artist too much to the point where you don't know what makes you unique and you lose your uniqueness and you're just kind of in that world. And, you know, it's just, it's flat, you know, it becomes flat. You know, you don't want that to happen. Yeah. I mean, I kind of understood it. You know, it's interesting. I learned that actually from uh study in Iggy, you know, uh, interesting. Uh, Iggy, Iggy actually discovered Pan Am, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, what happened was is we have a mutual go between this uh, guy named Ben Ratliff at the New York or, or he was at the New York Times. Right, right. And, and uh, I was about to leave New York because I was broke, flat broke. <laughs> Shit. My girlfriend left me. Right. Right, right. Oh no. <laughs> and I was, and I long story, man. I had quick guts for a minute. There's a long story there. Mm-hmm. You know, just artist debris, like I'm saying. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I had my debris, and um, and uh, Iggy heard plus one, right? And uh, he ended up spinning it on uh, BBC Six, and then from there on, 
then Matt Mode and all these other things started coming in. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, but, but yeah, Iggy did that at first. You know what I mean? Like he heard it. And then next thing you know, I went to Paris and started working on some stuff and I gave it back to him. And that became the free album. Was it 2019? About that time, wasn't it? In 2019, yeah. Mm. And I produced most of that for him, you know, and, and did a lot of most of the songwriting and whatnot and composing, you name it. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, know? absolutely. Because he's, yeah. he's called you. you. Were you a fan of Iggy's work generally before that? Like, uh, yeah. What, what 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 were you feeling? Because I, I think still, I, I Want to Be Your Dog is the best intro to any musical track of all time. Like I remember as a kid that like just hitting me that distortion, and uh, to know Iggy first of all likes hip hop is always quite pleasing to know. But for you, yeah. what, what was it? So you've learned that lesson from him. But is he into hip hop generally? That guy is he like you bumping tracks to each other? Or? He's to- he's totally into hip hop. I think uh, Iggy's into. He'll surprise you. I mean, if you listen to his BBC Six show, you'll hear it mm, for sure. He's, yeah. into, he's into a lot of different music. Mm. Uh, I think him and I understand that there's this God particle in every style, you know, mm. of music. And and if you're really in tune with yourself, you can hear, I mean, the, from the listener to, you don't have to be an artist or, you know, you don't have to be an elitist mm. to, to, to be able to hear these things. If you're really in tune with yourself, you can hear what makes a style of music work, you yeah. know, why, and why that's, you know, why that's on the planet, you know yeah. what I mean? And so, uh, uh, you know, he's good at that. He's really good at understanding that. And back to the artist thing, you know, like I just watched him because you, you told me what tangent I fell off at. Uh, <laughs> I go off on tangent. Man. I'm an improviser. I, I love him. I love him. I love a tangent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, no. But back to what you were saying about the whole thing, you know, he talked like I, I noticed that he wouldn't stay too long talking to me on the phone or mm. he wouldn't hang out with me too long. You know what I mean? We mm. just kind of feel each other's energy out and then let the music talk about yeah what's going on love that you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and that's and that's 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 kind of what i learned from you know mm. uh yeah long story short love short that. story long yeah <laughs> yeah that's absolutely brilliant so i remember when free came out i didn't know i just knew iggy at that point i didn't know much of your work at that point and um now i look back and i see stuff like you're hanging out with henry rollins and stuff and like yeah. like that must be kind of an interesting place to be because henry rollins is another one where black flag incredible but you hear his taste now and i know he's a real what's the word for when someone's really feeling over audio? Like he loves his high fidelity, like audio I've heard at home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. But how's he, how's he to hang around with Henry Rollins? Oh man. You know, I, the, well, it was interesting. I mean, he was just, we were doing a tour in Australia mm. and uh, he, he, uh, for Iggy and we were playing at like Sydney Opera House and places like that. Amazing. And uh, Henry just came around to, I guess, document it, you know? Right with the experience and things like that and with him came a lot of stories mm-hmm. and things like that. yeah that was really cool that's you know? wicked. That wicked yeah that was really cool that was really cool and then like because a year before that and it's just it's just fun to be around those guys because i think a year before that i was dealing with or a year after was it a year after mm. it was a year after i was dealing with open mike eagle 
Yeah. Wow. Another yeah. amazing character. It's amazing. That was dope. That yeah. was a dope. We were taking road trips together. Wicked. You know? How is he? I mean, he's been on the pod before and I love his his work, but how is he? How is he to work alongside us? He's doing great, man. He's doing really good. You know, uh, I mean, um, you know, I, I don't get to talk to him as much as I want to anymore. Mm. Uh, hope, hopefully we can start, you know, start hollering at each other a little more. Mm. I think him, you know, he was busy. I know he had a comedy thing going on uh, Comedy Central for a minute there. Yes, he did. He did. Yeah. Yeah, he had a couple of things. I think he talks about it in his album, you know, all the yeah. stuff he had going. And, yeah, you know, and then this next album is dope as fuck. This Bruh, new one, jeez, yeah, <laughs> just from the album artwork, I was like, I know this is different. This, I know Mike always brings it anyway with the album artwork, but whew, amazing, yeah. yeah. It, on that yeah. though, seamless segue. Here we go, seamless segue. Eat the artwork. I need to ask you about this because the artwork yeah. for it. What is that from? Where, 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 where's that come from? The artwork. That's my paintings. Is yeah. it all oh, right? So it is your painting. Because I heard this. Okay, amazing. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Any any other artwork it's been on that we know of that might be out there? Oh uh, yeah, pocket, uh, the pocket watch. Pocket that's watch. my artwork. Hot mm. shoe is my artwork. Love that. Uh, yeah, I um, I do a lot of painting. Um, I've been doing that since I was a kid. Mm. You know, so um, I, I I didn't know what to do with the art covers you know what i mean like you know i was just like what do i do with the album covers you know what i'm gonna do for the artwork so i ended up just taking taking pictures of my you know paintings and putting mm -hmm. them on the stuff you know what i mean and it's wicked. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's wicked. Yeah. It stands out, man. It stands out absolutely. Very unique. Very you, if you know what I mean. Like it's given me that. I always like artwork that kind of extends the artistic, you know, album. You know, it's not just the music. It's also like an extension of it is the artwork. And most people do work like that uh, in the underground hip hop scene, I suppose. But a lot of people don't, I suppose. And it's just kind of mashed together sometimes. So no, I really appreciate anyone who puts that little detail in and makes it a bit themselves. But um, like that, you, you. This is the thing about your music as well because skits and ad libs and stuff like that as a 90s head that's what i grew up with and you also yeah. realize why they're derided quite a lot after a while that skits get a lot of shit because because there's you know they can be quite long and nobody really needs to hear someone having oral sex for like 30 seconds you know what i mean like in high fidelity like why am i hearing this but yeah. what you do with yours like especially i don't want to do your shit is just one of my favorite skits on eat but also like um <laughs> Iggy, Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop on uh, Hachu, where he's talking about tea. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Right. Is that coffee? Ooh, tea. Oh, of course. <laughs> cool. No, that's cool. <laughs> that's amazing, first of all. That is quality. So, yeah, big up on the skits, man. I, lo I love that foresight to put those things in there. Love it. Yeah, I try, I try to be real about it, man. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's, it's all a part of the experience. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's, uh, you know... Uh, you gotta, you gotta put all those. You gotta keep the crust on the bread, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, and it just, it just, 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 yeah. You gotta document all of that stuff. You know, what I mean, like uh, uh, during that time, especially with Iggy on Hachu, mm. I was interviewing uh, him, Anna Covey, mm. and um, Jason Williamson. Oh, for this sleep for this BBC World Service thing. Mm. Yeah. And there were just, you know, there was things going on that got recorded, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is great. <laughs> but, but it works. It's so good. You talk about uh, Sleaford Mods there. See, this is yeah. the thing. I don't get this platform. I don't really talk about Sleaford Mods because Jason Williamson isn't, I don't know if this is a 90s hip hop podcast, so I'm not sure how much. But the fact that 
I, I'm seeing these guys in, I was I used to live in a Northern town in England, uh, which is like a uh, steel village. Like, you know, the steel mine, that's like literally why it's still there. And uh, mm -hmm. Sleaford mods would come through uh, to this place called Scunthorpe in like Northern England. And I'd be like, yeah. holy shit, I get to see Sleaford mods down the road from me. I'd see Sleaford mods. And then I hear them years later working in hip hop with you as well as like, you know, just branching out where they've gone as well. And I was just like, I love it when my worlds collide, like this real small English village, like gig. And then I'm hearing Pan Amsterdam. And it's just this weird nexus of things happening. But uh, yeah, man, tell me your relationship with those guys. But Jason, how how is that? Well, it's great. It's great. I mean, I think with, you know, one thing we understand, I think, is kind of if you want to look at hip hop and punk, they kind of came off around the same time, mm. you know, mm. on the same island. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, it was, uh, well, off the island a little bit, if you want to consider the Bronx is off the island a little bit, but mm -mm. it's the same fucking island. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one was, one was happening downtown and another one was happening in uptown. And you got Fat Five Freddy and like, you know, mm. Bloody videos, you know what I mean? And Rapture, you know, you got mm. Bosky in Rapture, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, uh, that's what it was. Fat, yeah, Fat Five Freddy was supposed to be there, and he got Basquiat to go in. But that she talks it. about Freddy. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's, yeah, so it's kind of a it's it's kind of a same. There's a there's a there's a chord there that kind of mm. you know it's, there's there's something there that connects the two, mm. and I think we understand that without even saying that to each other. Mm. You know, and so it's just kind of like so I had him come in on my Hot You album and do Hannibal Lecture. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, and a couple other oh, Hollow Notes we did also. That, that was amazing. Know? Just the album, that, that yeah, song yeah, title, yeah. the song title was yeah. brilliant. It's absolutely quality. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. that's what. We, but the song titles generally, Duck Walk. Like, I, when did you fall in love with Duck? Because I know you like eating duck, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do like eating duck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did that kick yeah. in? Man, I think you know when I was in Houston. Mm. When I was in Houston, I, uh, you know, I, I, first of all, I was into martial arts real heavy as a kid. Mm -hmm. So, so like when I was in like second grade, I could tell you like shoguns and stuff. Like I could talk to like Japanese shoguns like Tokugawa Esu or Toyotomi Hideyoshi, you know, wow. I, could talk, I could talk about these people, you know, and uh, mm. the samurai, me, you know, Miyamoto Musashi and all those guys, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, so that kind of forced me in because I got so I got off in the sushi early and my parents are soulful. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, but <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't they were thinking that, you know. <laughs> but one thing my mom did was she made sure that I understood the cultures of things, you know, because mm. the neighborhood I was in was a real diverse neighborhood, you know. So it was certain things that you, you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to offend anybody, you know. Mm. So she made sure I read up on a lot of things, and that started to go off into foods. Interesting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I started eating different types of foods and stuff. And so the one thing I used to always see in you know in the Chinese restaurants, you always see that duck roasting. Mm. Give me stocks on the new blocks to hell with the knee got on a plant-based detox. Gotta watch glorified peacocks on a treadmill, rock and read box, rather beatbox. Wiggity wiggity, deuce chunked infinity. He or she stays hogging the ball, stays on the game. Deities hung all over their walls to make it rain. Three of these be dead leaves from a. But you don't ever see it in the buffet, you know, like you, you know, you see, you 
you'll even see pizza, you know, in America. I mean, especially in Texas. <laughs> you'll see like pizza, fries, and you mm. know, some, some you know, some low man or whatever, but you don't ever see the duck. So it, I was like, man, yo, give me that duck that y'all have roasting over there. Who eats that? Yeah. I want that. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> so that's yeah. how I got duck. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Because duck, <laughs> like, this is the thing, like, it just gives you a bit of an idea on who you are. Like, it just rounds it off, like, Rigatoni. Oh, maybe he likes Rigatoni. H-Bar, that's another, like, these songs, I don't know, they're kind of stuck in my head. I've been playing them all, kind of, all year. So, um, just getting a bit of idea on just the names and the, you know, the making of it, you and Damu, the way you went on. Um, any any future collaborations with Damu maybe coming up, or? I hope so. I hope so. Mm. Very much so. Um, as a matter of fact, the whole thing with H-Bar is really interesting you brought that up. You couldn't even if you wanted to. So why would I want you to change it? And if I run, it's not to take from you, like how all the others do. Gank and then rename it. Care bears to a bun bun. I mean, I started dealing with NFTs early, you know, mm. and uh, I haven't really put any out. I was trying to research it, and I finally got the drop on this new NFT site that's about to launch. Mm. It's in here because I'm gonna put my album out on this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna put it out as a digital collectible, and it's, uh, the name of the site is called Go Music. Right, right, right. And it, it goes live in March. Mm. And, and like I, I really believe in this in this platform, man. I think it's going to be a game changer for a lot of musicians. Wicked, uh, you know, and, and and that's that's really important because you got all the, you know, nobody really knew how to deal with the streaming issues and whatnot. And, and you see Spotify, like, okay, we'll give you one more third of a cent, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. Just like okay, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why everyone should be on Bandcamp Friday, man. Bandcamp Friday, that kind of thing. I like the fact yeah. that you know the, the underground hip hop world, the the hip hop communities I've been in. That's they're very much about that, you know. Like uh, yourself, there's so many good independent artists. That yeah, I've talked about this before, but I don't know how you feel and what you're listening to at the moment in your rotation. But yeah. I think just right now. There are inc- there's an incredible spectrum of talent in hip hop uh, that kind of covers everything, and it really reminds me. I'm not saying it's the same before people start coming at me from my head. I'm not saying it's the same as '90s. I'm saying it has that same feeling as the '90s when I could go Buster, and if I don't want Buster, I got Guru. If I don't want, I want to go a bit weird. I got Doctor Octagon, you know, and that kind of thing. And uh, I just love that here. Then you fully fit in that kind of universe of you got Billy Woods here, you got Run Run the Jewels here, you got Pan Amsterdam here. So no, I just wondered if there was anything more coming. That sounds really promising. That sounds really, really promising, man. Yeah, man. That's that's what we do. I mean, like, you know, that's the that's the reassuring thing about when you try something. You know there's like minds out there. Mm. And they're, you know, and they got and they have sent like when I heard Serengeti for the first time, like mm. chilling, like I was hanging out with, uh, you know, I was on a road trip with Open Mike Eagle, Mm-mm. and uh, man, he started playing this one. I was like, who the fuck is this? Mm. Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, but he's like that though. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's some that's something I would want to come up with, you know, like uh, everything he was just he was just hitting on. I mean, just consistent. Yeah, it was just so. I mean, he was just hitting that dome, hitting that dome. I was like, yo, man, you are definitely inspiring me right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Anyone yeah. else? Anyone else in the world at the moment that's inspiring you, pushing you? 
Uh, you know, if I think offhand, I don't know, man. I, you know, no. I, I would have to think on that. I mean, like, I especially like, okay, it's not always just rappers or anything. Like, no, for sure. Like, uh, like I was checking out Atlanta, the series. Oh, man. So good. And it's genius. So good. Yeah. I heard about that shootout you had on Twitter. <laughs> you one of the last real rappers, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, man, it's all good, fam. You see, I'm an old school cat, you dig? I listen to Biggie and Mob Deep still. But nowadays, you got these singing ass niggas like Fetty Wap in the gang now. Man, that shit is weak. But it's good to see a rapper that would just blow a nigga brains out on the streets. Hey, yo, keep doing your thing, man. All right? If you're one of the last real rappers, keep holding it down, my nigga. <laughs> Don't let me down, man. If you let me down, I don't know what I do. I'm so glad he cut it where he cut it. So you, you finished know? it. You finished the whole. I watched the whole thing. Right. For, spoiler alert yeah. for anyone who hasn't watched it. That finale, yeah. bro. That finale. Yeah. <laughs> man. It was. It hit me. It hit me. Just like, where's Thick Judge Judy? Is there Thick Judge? What's happening? Like, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. so that, I love the fact that that's in, because I suppose I see that I see my connections can be made from Eat and Duckwalk and stuff like that to Atlanta. It has yeah. a very I don't know the words for it. I haven't got the vocabulary f- to express this, but I feel that I absolutely do. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what I loved about Atlanta as well? You know that last that last episode. You know, like um, Lakey Stanfield, like yeah. throughout the whole series, he's amazing. Uh, he yeah. doesn't get a lot of insight into his character, like his family or stuff like that. It's more about the other guys, right? Paperboy and stuff like that. And the fact mm. that they left it to the finale and they showed his brother with the JJ Kocha Nigeria shirts and stuff like that, yep. all these little things. And it was only like a five minute scene, but it gave me everything. That is genius, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, and I mean, that's, and I'm, like I said, and I'm glad they knew where to cut it off at. Mm. You know, so something, I mean, they, he understood, you know, snips and snails. You know, he knew, he knew, he, he cut that bonsai right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I was like, man, please don't do another one, dude. This is too good. You yeah, know? <laughs> absolutely. Some of your favorite yeah. episodes, some of your favorite characters before we move on. Cause we talk about Atlanta. I've got to ask you. I mean, well, the characters I was cool with, the series, all right. One of the episodes I like is when he says, you try to, uh, all lives matter, all lives matter, my point. And he had like, you know, all these things going on where it was like all these different, you know, issues that it's like investing your hood. <laughs> You're from some hood, man. Some hood. We're all from some hood. We're all from some hood. Some hood. We're all from some hood. Reinvest in your hood. Reinvest in your hood. Your hood. Reinvest in our hoods. Yes, it's here. Talking big money. We're all from some hood. Reinvest in your hood. Reinvest in your hood. That was that was ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Man, I was laughing so hard at that. And then the one where the uh where the father, because the fact that the elders were funny in this, like they would have short parts, but mm. the father was supposed to have uh, Alzheimer's and uh and they give the phone to him, and he's he's like he's like, do you know who they? He's like, yes, this is my 
my daughter, such and such, you know, and they said, well, do you know where you are? He's like, yes, we in Egypt for about <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> and the you're like, what is, what is happening? What is happening? Yeah, that was so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, these are the moments, man, that absolutely take you out of your seat. And the two-pack thing, that two-pack ending, <laughs> what was that? Like, what you've just killed him on screen in front it was so yeah if people haven't watched it please go watch it but that's interesting i like the fact that yeah. stuff outside of just the music is inspiring you to make what you make so i really really enjoy that man but 1990s we talk about that generally on the pod is a 1990s podcast uh, 1990s hip-hop right so i wanted to ask you a few questions i know you into jazz as well so please if uh, if you want to go into the jazz realm i'm absolutely here for it um so one question, we do a series on uh, hidden gem album reviews. So like um, we look at hidden 90s albums that should get a bit more love, that don't really get a bit more love, or artists that don't really get a lot of love. Was there any in your head that you thought, oh, yeah, actually, maybe that, that deserves a bit more love than, than it has gotten? Um, I don't know, man. It was just, uh, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, take your time. Absolutely, take your time. Back in that day, back in that time, I was listening to, you know, my region heavy. So I was listening to like Ghetto Boys. Yes. Then I started getting off into like Cash Money heavy. Mm. I think Juvenile needs more love. Yeah. You know, personally, I mean, I think Juvie got a lot, man. There's, there's something real special about his voice. You know, I always got a kick out of his voice and his demeanor because he also reminded me of like Louis Armstrong in a, in a real random way. That's you with that big body business. Huh? As you that can't keep old lady cause you keep yelling the friends. Huh? You gotta go to court. Huh? You got service opinion for child support. Huh? That was that nerve. Huh? You ain't even get a chance to say a word. Huh? I know I ain't tripping. Don't your brother got these words. Huh? You ready to bust you somebody in. Huh? You ain't scared. Huh? You know how to play it. Huh? I know you ain't gonna let somebody come and punk you. Huh? Let it front you. Huh? Straight up run you. Huh? You know who got that fighty green. Huh? You know how to use a triple beam. Huh? Interesting. Break that down. Yeah, man, like his voice, just his voice. You know, you know, you you a paper chaser, you got your block on fire. You know, you would hear you hear Louis Armstrong at the beginning of Dinah, all right, the boy. You know, like like just the same. Yeah. That's it. You know, I know I know it's Louisiana, you know. But still, there's still a certain type of brother, you know what I mean? That like, I was like, man, this cat reminds me of Pops, man. He reminds me of Louis Armstrong, you know? So, Damn. and uh, just the way he, de- just the grunt in his throat, you know? Mm. I mean, like, it just remind me of Louis Armstrong, man. And to hear that type of music, you know, start to take form, mm. you realize that it was going to spin off a lot, especially when you have DJ Screw, you know, because... You know, I'm from that age, so I'm going to talk about DJ Screw. Let's know? go, please. Like, yeah, you know, like, Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, like, you know, when you have that co- that that whole kind of, it's it's simplified, but it's more sophisticated in its simplicity. It's just minimal, you know? Mm-hmm. Less is more, you know what I'm saying? Miles yeah. understood this, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just a satie, uh, you know, the French, the French composer understood this, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh you can go on and on about this understanding of less is more, you know? Mm. And I like musicians that do that. I'm not always great at it myself. You know what I mean? But I like 
to I like it when I when I see some people being that real hip, mm-hmm. you know, with that whole thing. Then it, you know, then it spun off trap and whatnot, you know, all this kind of stuff, you know. Mm. And uh, but uh yeah, when I listen to like Juvie, I'm like, man, what would he do now? You know what I'm saying? I know he's still doing stuff, but mm. they need to give him a little more, yeah, a little more. Just give him a little more, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. yeah not back, man. Give me some more, <laughs> man. A little white cool, little white cool, you know, little white dope, but juvie, man, you know. And then I came, I think I came up here understanding, because I remember when I came to New York, I had that Southern whole mentality behind me. Mm. Then you go into these ciphers, Mm. you know, that happened in an alphabet city at that time in New York, Mm. like in 98, that's when I got up here. Mm. Showing my age now. Sorry, people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's what uh, you know when you talk about my references. I'll be giving a fuck, man. I'll be like, yo, I know this is dated. I don't give a damn. <laughs> this is the place for it. This is the place for dating. Don't worry, we're here for it. <laughs> because I understood something about young people. I'm gonna go off on a tangent again, but I understood mm. something about young people. Mm. I think young people are given so much information. Mm. You know, more information than we had when we were growing up. Mm. You know. Uh, they're given so much information. With that comes this impending doom, if you will, about the future. Mm. And I think if they see, I think we almost do a disservice to them if we try to act young, younger than we are, or something like that. You know what I mean? I think the youthfulness is actually in the fact that you're just very in tune with your experience on Earth, no matter where you are at what point in your life. That's youth. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That that enthusiasm. Yeah. And if you can. If you can if you can keep conveying that enthusiasm, I think you're doing it right, you know, personally. Mm. And so I don't care about if my references sound dated or things like that. You know, I don't give a damn, man. You know what I'm saying? I love you know, that though. No, you have to be yourself as well. That's it. You have to be yourself. You can't not yeah. be that. So yeah. No, uh, yeah, it's really interesting actually where youth is at the moment. I've listened to I think it was Billboard dropped their top fifty rappers literally today. And I was looking right. through it and I was just like damn, the youth has changed everything. <laughs> like Raekwon's not in the top, but I'm not sure where you are, but Raekwon for me is one of my favourite rappers of all time. I'm like, wow, how is he not in there? And I think they had a loophole for like uh, North America and MF Doom didn't get in or whatever. But either way, uh, no, it's it's a fascinating thing, but I'm I'm with you, bro, because as well as like, yeah, you have the youth who are following the Drakes and the, and the you know, Lizzo's and the Beyonce's and all that. That's all good. I don't hate on that at all. Just as many as there are them, there'll be 10 of them listening to that. One of them, is going to go a little bit deeper, like I did back in the nineties. I could have just gone on NWA and you know Dre and Eminem, and that's it. But no, I drilled a little hole and found like you know, I don't know, Dell the Funky Homo Sapien, people like that. You know that okay? They had, yeah. they were massive then, but then you listen to them now, and you're like, I don't know if you've heard much of Dell, but when I hear you again, I'm getting that same idea that this guy, even though you said they're about economical, like you know, you're saying like uh, less is more, uh, you mm. know. You break up the verse and let something sit sometimes. And that's just quite nice where you oh shit, that hit me harder because you didn't just go off and off and off and keep keep going into other realms, which is fine to do as well. Um yeah. sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here as well. But yeah, no, I was gonna say it's quite nice that one of the kids might drill a little bit deeper now and they find your Pan Am Saddam. So I was like, surely the more people know about hip hop is better, right? If more people like hip hop the artists might get a bit more of a following who don't usually. So um, I hope that's how it works. Anyway, I don't know. It might be, I might just be rambling, but who knows? I hope that's how it works. I'm an optimist. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, oh, man, I hope so too. Mm. I mean, like, and we talk about like, uh, 
you know, just as far as like 98 and just listening to like them cash money cats, mm. the one thing that I liked about them all was that they understood one thing about each other. Everybody, they were like Wu-Tang in the sense that they all had their own thing going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one of them sounded like the other, mm. you know? Mm. And I wish there was more of that going on, a little more individualism, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, that's the only thing I think is lacking nowadays. I think a lot of there's a lot of monolithic stuff going on a little more nowadays. Mm. But like I said, if you got if you know if these kids see the writing on the wall, that's why you see a Sleaford mods or something like that yeah. getting popular in their fifties. Yeah, and their audience, and their audiences are younger because their audiences want the they want the truth. There's something reassuring to see an older person still living out their dream. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's me. That's me. I'm older and I'm living yeah, alone. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. That is a young thing, my friend. Let me tell you. Because yeah. I see people, man, I see people like in their like, like mid-20s, man. And they just, to me, are just, they're old as fuck. You know, like, you know, you sit there. You yeah. Know, you're just like, damn, let me get away from you. Yeah, because sometimes I've had that. I remember, I remember growing yeah. up with people like that. And they're already like, yeah. they're, and they're already stunting themselves. And you know, fair play to them. That's the way they are. But yeah, just couldn't work with that myself. Absolutely. I'm with oh. you. Um yeah. before I forget, the juvie thing yeah. just hit me back where I'm like, didn't Kendrick on his new album, I think he rhymed in a juvenile flow on one of the songs, and it really hit me because I was like, Wow, how good is that to hear? Like the biggest rapper in the world right now has just lifted Juvenile's flow in a homage to Juvenile. Um, so I can't remember what song it is. Maybe I'm getting the wrong artist, but I'm pretty sure that it was. A pr- I'm pretty sure it was Kendrick. And uh, yeah, I was just right, amazed. Kanye definitely did. Kanye definitely did. Ka- Kanye, Kanye definitely did. And then he Kanye, went. Kanye did that. Then he went really Kanye, good. And he started off the beat with kind of a uh, with a. Uh, with ha, it's called ha. Ha, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Like, Your dick, oh, huh? Were you looking at them little girls, huh? You know? uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got your block on fire, remain the G till the moment you expire. Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah, and Kanye got that man. I mean, Kanye, man, that was genius of him to bring that back and so bold. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Look, look. I mean, aside from what everybody says about you know whatever, man. Yeah. I, I, I just. I focus on the music side of things, you know, mm. and I mean, like, cause I'd be honest, I'd probably lose my mind if I made a bunch of music and I thought, and I made some really crazy good music. I know that affected the world. And all I got to get at the end is banging a Kim Kardashian. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. lose my mind. Yeah. I lose my mind. I go crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I go crazy, Poppy. I go crazy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Man. No, absolutely, man. I feel it. I feel that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, okay, then. We're talking 90s. We've talked Cash Money, talked Juvenile, Houston Scene, DJ Screw, Big Up. There's a new DJ Screw book out, by the way, people. Go check that out. I cannot remember who wrote it, but there is one out. Um, so, again, Legends getting their flowers, you know, and getting their write-ups. is what I'm here for, man. Um, yeah. Here's one. Uh, if you could be a fly on the wall in any 90s rap studio session, which one and why? Uh, it would have been Buster Rhymes Extinction Level event. That is quick. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that in the 90s, though? I think, uh, I call it 90s. It's Buster, in it? It's Buster. I think it like is, 99? though. 99, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 2001 yeah, yeah. is a stretch, but okay. ELE. I'll take it, though. Yeah, yeah. It, what, what is yeah. it about ELE? Uh, that gets you man that was the first time that i could hear 
that I mean that it was clear to me. Mm. I was checking out Branford Marcellus and Kenny Kirkland and all those guys, you know, and they were playing a certain way, you know. Mm. And um man, to listen to those this guy rap with that same kind of cadence, mm. you know, that messed me up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and just just uh and then when he goes at it with mystical, yeah, you know, yeah, oh, that was a display of kung fu right there. The kung fu was just <laughs> Oh man, the kung fu was off the chain. You know, what I mean? it's just, and I mean, like, and you just, and and then, and still know how to have fun, man. You know, mm. what I mean, you hear the fun in it all, mm. and you just wish you were just at that session, man. You yeah. know, to yeah, because it, it feels, it feel, it didn't, you know, it was serious business, but it felt fun. You mm. know, yeah, it felt very fun, man. You know, it didn't feel like they were trying to make it fun either. They mm. just naturally. You know, everybody doing their thing. I've been in studio sessions where everybody looking at each other like, ooh, that's fire. Ooh, that's hot. And their heads damn near cracking like this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> looking at each other. And meanwhile, I listen to this shit later on. I'm like, man, that shit was whack as fuck, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, but but with, but with that was a genuine, those were genuine moments on that album. Mm. Really genuine. I wish I was a fly on the wall for that. For sure, that's impressive. That's that's a really yeah. good shout, man. I need to go back and check that again because I haven't heard it in so long. But you're right about yeah. the fun aspect, man. That's I think that's what got me into the hip hop thing, anyway. Generally, because it is kids, incredibly talented kids, and a lot of yeah. it sounds like they're just doing it for themselves. Like I don't mm. know how, if you know much about AG and Showbiz and the DITC crew and and Gangstar being yeah. part of that. But I listened to them last year, and I was like, you know, the best thing about this is although. I'm over here. My neck is breaking. They're doing it just for themselves. They're doing it because they love to do it. With, and that's, I always love that about hip hop. And if you watch the old documentaries now and the eighties and how it just kind of really made it that, which was just, we've got nowhere else. We've got nothing else to do. This is what we can do and reform our surroundings. Literally, you know, like was it Grandmaster Flash who said, um, if I could have, if I, didn't live in a council, like what council say, but projects there where all walls are, you know, people that live upside up below me and side by side, I'd have had a drum set and I'd have played the drums and I'd have tried to be low, like Led Zeppelin, but I didn't. And I had, could only do my decks and that's how hip hop kind of formed for him. That's amazing to me. Like you've transformed your environment to kind of make this incredible art form but yeah no sorry again tangents but yeah <laughs> well no that's a good tension to go off on i mean because i was actually talking about this um to somebody earlier uh you know like what happened was they took the instruments out of the black schools mm, you know yeah that's it so you know and, and when that happened they you know they they left everybody with two turntables and a microphone i've said this a few times and i think i said this in an, another interview mm. but uh it's something that i don't get tired of saying because uh, I think people need to understand that uh, just because people, it, it's a clear example of just because people don't have, you know, the stuff doesn't mean that the dexterity isn't there. The exactly. dexterity and all that stuff is still there mm-hmm. just because they don't have all the instruments or whatnot. You know what I mean? And I think that's why this music affected the world, you know? Mm. Uh, you know, I think, I, you know, I hear hip hop in just about everything I listen to, even Jordanian music now I can hear hip hop. Wow. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and uh, you, you understand why, you know what I mean? You, you see a, you see a, a, a people persevere no matter what obstacles were thrown at them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what it is. Man. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, but I, I, again, I love going this deep sometimes because it is easy to forget. And 
like bombing, just bombing alone, just like going on trains and bombing them and putting your art around the city. Like that little thing for me is like, it is the music, but the thing about hip hop is it's just young people being creative. It's not just the music, it's the dancing, it's everything about it. And do you know what? If you'd have said to me, and I always say this, is that Biggie lyric, I never thought that hip hop would take it this far. If if you could have said to me, you know, when you're in your 40s, Cab, no one's going to like, hip hop's going to be the biggest thing. It's going to be bigger than rock. I don't know if you remember that day, but my God, back in when I was 13, to imagine yeah. anything bigger than rock would have been like, no, bigger than Queen, yeah. bigger than Queen. No, bigger than Beatles. No way. Bigger than Iggy Pop. No way. Bang. No and, way. and we're here doing it. It's uh, fantastic. We are here. Yeah. We are here. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, and that's what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Love that, man. Uh, look at this. Loving. I love it. I love it. Uh, so last few that I've got for you. Uh, one yeah. more. Um we, you, I don't know if you saw the Beatles documentary that uh, Peter Jackson did. It's like eight hours long. It's like a really, <laughs> I loved it because I love the Beatles, but it, it's like eight hours right. long, right? Um, right? If you could get an eight hour documentary about an album or an era in hip hop uh, or an artist in a certain time frame, uh, who would it be and, and what it would be? What would it be? Houdini, man. Oh, oh. Fucking love Houdini. Eight yeah. hours. Yes. Yes. You know, because I, I want to understand, like they were they were the one group that you don't really hear them sampling. Mm. They worked with that guy, uh, what was his name? Um, I mean, like, you know, and, and, and just to think that these guys were coming with, with their hip hop, you know, badge under them. You know what I'm saying? This is what we do. Yeah. This is us, the ID, this is us. Yeah, and then to go into this world where they're, you know, the Eurythmics and everybody and all these kind of people are, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's that's amazing to me, man. You know, I would, yeah, you got to do eight hours on that. Yeah, you got know you got to talk about these. I mean, I don't think Houdini gets enough love, man. I mean, Houdini is cold blooded, man. Mm. You know, I mean, you listen to him and you listen to how, like, I mean. I don't know, man. I just love Houdini, just period. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's fine. Again, probably yeah. a little bit of a, a hole in my listening, in my ed- education. Like, yes, yeah. heard Houdini like back in the day. Have I gone back? Probably not. So now this is the thing where I'm like, yeah, actually, I need to do this. And I remember when Biz Marquee passed away, and um, I felt really bad that that hole. I I'd, obviously I knew his work, but I hadn't really gone back and really appreciated the albums and um, in today's world where you get 101 albums a day, almost it feels like it sometimes to go back and listen to an album that was made like an album, you know, when like yeah. not for a playlist era is so I, I recommend it to everyone go back. This is why we do our hidden gem reviews, go back, yeah. get out. I don't know if you ever remember Godfather Don, but Godfather Don is he, like when you listen to his album hazardous from 1991, no one talks about that as much now. And I was like, I need to get back. And you really appreciate shit. Then then you see the building blocks to what we have now. Where I'm like, oh, that's where, I don't know, someone like Griselda comes from. Or, or even hear it in your work, maybe sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I can see how hip hop has kind of grown to that. But yeah, absolutely beautiful, man. Yeah. Well, my, my yeah. last one then, my last one for you, unless you had, did you have something else you wanted to say? Sorry. Only thing I, oh yeah. The only thing, another thing about H-Bar is what I like about that Go Music platform that I'm talking about that's launching in March. Mm-hmm. I'm a- Plugging this thing. The reason why is because it's on a green coin. It's on Hedera Hashgraph. 
Wow. Which means no gassing fees. You know how you go on OpenSea mm. and you know that you know it's on Ethereum, you know, it runs on Ethereum. So mm. there's like the gassing fees can be too high sometimes. Mm. You ain't gotta worry about that on this. This is a perfect thing for musicians. I hope they they go to go music. It's launching in uh, <laughs> it's launching in March. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, I feel that. And if if trust me, if you are feeling it as as hard as you're saying, I always have a bit of vested interest. You're not working artists, you know, you're touring. Yeah, if it makes your life a little bit better and gets us more music, come on, man. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. where we want to be. So, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, then. One of the last ones for you. Uh, yeah. we, we talked a little bit about the woo there. Uh, we love the woo on this pod, as uh, most people love the woo. Um, do you have any favourite woo, like slept on Wu-Tang bangers or like Wu-Tang songs that we all know they're, you know, triumphs and protect your necks. But is there a Wu song that kind of is special to you and, and why kind of thing? ODB dog shit. Oh, wow. On yeah, Wu-Tang dog. Forever, right? Forever? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Deep pull. Album I love track. that shit, man. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Hey, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Bro. Bro, he yeah. was he was another level. He was another level. They call me a dog, then leave a dog alone. Because nothing will stop me from burying my bone in the backyard of somebody else's house. We say, old dirt dog, but I'm not dogged out. Yo. <laughs> but sniffing at your grass. You know, I mean, sniffing, sniffing at your ass. Pardon me, bitch, as I shit on your ass. That means <laughs> how you shitting on. I'm not the first dog that's shitting on your lawn. Like, what the, what fuck, the fuck, babe? <laughs> Jeez. signified to where he went i don't know if you remember n please i think that was about 99 a few years later and he and what he was doing on that album sounds yeah. like dog shit and you're like, oh yeah actually you can actually pace see where he went and uh yeah great shout that is i'm gonna put that on the playlist i love that yeah man i, I mean like because you got the cat what's that what's that dude uh the the, the the famous chauvinist they call him a chauvinist that just passed kevin samuels mm-hmm. he was actually in atlanta man oh <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh, which one is he? Who's he? Oh, uh, he's go go. So. From, uh, the YouTube guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's the one that or something. Yeah. Was that? Isn't that the one where they're all like they're teachers or judges or something? Is that him? That's right. They were judges. Yeah. Yes. Was, yeah. Where they were like, you know, testing people's blackness to see. That if was it. Do. Mate, come <laughs> on. What is this show? We need to just do, we should come back on and we should just do a recap of the whole show. Which I mean, we should do that. We should, we should. Uh, man. I mean, that's, but that's what I liked about the whole thing is that, uh, that, you know, with ODB, you know, with dog shit and all that stuff, he was saying stuff that you got Kevin Samuels and all these guys are starting to band together on YouTube and do all these things. There's some guy named Coach Something. Mm-hmm. And also, that way, I forget his name. Mm. Uh, but, like, you, I mean, he was just going out on a limb saying these kind of things. And they're not, they, you know, okay, they're chauvinist or whatever, chauvinistic or whatever you want to call it. You can call it that. But really, 
to me, I, I mean, call me twisted. I hear a lot of love in that. He's like, don't be like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Don't be don't be that kind of person. Don't be yeah. that kind of lady. Don't be yeah. a lady. Don't do this kind of thing. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, if you really hear between the lines on it. Yeah. You know? I, 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 haven't, <laughs> I haven't actually listened to a lot of his stuff. I know he's got this kind of, in today's world as well, it gets, there's a heavy weight to, you know, having a bit of a uh, persona like that. I haven't heard much of his stuff, but it's interesting yeah. that you could pick that, pick that apart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, that case, okay, so a dog shit is in there. That's, that's all good. Um, yeah. And now I just think about Wu-Tang Forever songs because it's such a good album. But you know what I love about ODB as well is, because we did a few episodes on ODB on the Patreon and we were like, what's interesting is his, I did not, it's not his version of blackness. His blackness of what he was it just was so not what the controlled mainstream was about. And that's what yeah. I loved. And controlled mainstream blackness, and this is obviously coming from a person who isn't black, but just from my perspective of how they'd uh, massaged that was your Will Smiths. And it was your, you know, maybe Eddie Murphy after Raw kind of thing. And, and you know, as he got into more block, blockbustery stuff. Um, and you have ODB and he's completely, he's a truant. He's like, He's self-confessed dirty, like I am dirty, rotten, like, you know, like, this is again, quite punk, but it's also like, shit, this guy can't be controlled by the mainstream. And that was what was so invigorating about ODB. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we got to touch base on, on uh, Dirt McGirt. Dirt McGirt, what yeah, a great man. name that is. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so look, Pat, thank you, Laurent, and thank you for the music. Um anything to plug where can we find you uh you said a little bit what's up next obviously but is anything else in the pipeline you want us to know about uh just mainly just look out for the album it's going to be called pan fried you know love it and uh yeah it's it's going to be a whole bunch of stuff i'm actually trying to sample my own stuff as Laurent from back in the day and do pan am over it I want to see how this sounds. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I should just give it away like that. I should have let people just kind of crate dig to see if they can find it. <laughs> I could cut that. Don't worry. I'll cut that, I'll cut that bit out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's good mm-hmm. though. I like that. I really like that. Um, yeah. Pan fried. Great, great title as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, absolutely here for it. Uh, doors are always open, my friend, uh, to come back yeah. on anytime. Um I just leaves me with a last question. I ask everyone when they're on the pod. Uh, Pan Amsterdam, what is the last great piece of music you've heard? Could be old, could be new, just the last great piece you heard. Art Tatum, Willow Week for me. I've been listening to that, the solo piano version. Interesting. I don't know yeah. much about this artist. I don't know. This is intriguing to me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. New? New? New song? New song? This is old stuff. This is old stuff, but I've been listening to it and it's just, I didn't understand how modern that man really was, you know, mm. uh, like, you know, it just, it just shows you that, like I said, youthfulness is a true, it's just enthusiasm at its best. That's what youthfulness is. It's not an age. It's not an era, mm. you know? Yes. Yeah, enthusiasm at its best. Love you know. Love that, yeah. man. Well, look, <laughs> right. you take it easy, man. Thank you so much for that last little gem. I'm sure we'll dig into that as well. And uh, yeah, big yourself up. Thank you for the music and just keep pushing, my man. Just keep pushing. Yeah. All right. Peace. <laughs>